One man that I'm sure sat up all night and watched Glenn Maxwell make his 201 not out is the general manager of the WBBL and the BBL, Alistair Dobson, who joins us this morning. G'day, Alistair. G'day, Julian. How are you? Good. You would have watched the whole innings, wouldn't you? You would have sat up all night and watched uh, Glenn Maxwell do his thing. Yeah, it was, it was pretty exciting. There were two or three of them there over the last little uh, little period in the um, in the World Cup, which was pretty amazing. So we, we can't wait to have him back tonight. I'm not sure if you saw Ben Horn's uh, article a couple of days ago in the Daily Telegraph saying, you know, the BBL could be the star of the summer this year and uh, Glenn Maxwell's the biggest star in the competition. So if he fires, it's only good news uh, for the big BBL. I'm sure you're hoping, like everyone else, that uh, Glenn spends plenty of time at the crease starting tonight. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's definitely one of the stars of the show. We missed him last year. We missed the whole season through injury. So not only to have him back, at all, but to have him back in the form he's in is, is pretty exciting alongside, you know, all the other big names that uh, that are going to take the field over the next few nights. You're up in Brisbane. It gets underway tonight, uh, quarter past seven between the Heat and the Stars. So no excuses for Joy and Neil Maxwell uh, tonight. They can uh, watch Glenn in prime time. What's the feel around town? What sort of crowd are you expecting for the opener at the Gabba, particularly given the Heat coming off a great season last year? Yeah, it's a good, really good vibe. I think, you know, with the, with the WBBL only finishing a week or so ago and rolling straight into our men's comp, there's good momentum around, around the big bash and, and that's certainly coming through in Brisbane. I think they've got, you know, some big-name players. We've got Marnus and Usman playing for the Heat against, obviously, the big-name Stars players that we've talked about. So, good vibe and the Heat, you know, the Heat put on an amazing show, not only on the field but off the field. So, expecting a big crowd and that's why we wanted to kick off in Brisbane. Do you have an overall figure for the tournament in terms of, of crowd numbers that you're, you're aiming for? Yeah, we, we work with our clubs to set targets. It's it's a little different, a little harder this year. We've moved from a 56-game season back to a 40-game season. So that obviously will have an impact on total crowds. Um, the, the objective is that your average crowds obviously go up and we get, uh, we get more people into each game. So it's a little bit of a wait and see on on exactly where that lands. But, you know, less is more and an opportunity for fans to, to come to a game is going to be a big part of the summer. Is that the general feedback you've got from your fans? I know we haven't started the season and we haven't seen the reduced season yet, but is that the general feel that less is more or is there some out there? I mean, there's some kids that are absolutely obsessed with their BBL that probably think less isn't more. Yeah, I think generally that's our, that's our view and, you know, a bit of a quality over quantity approach. And, and we... We heard from all our stakeholders, whether it be fans or players or, or broadcasters over the past few years. And, and the, the cricket world shifted in terms of the, the really competitive marketplace now for players around the world. And the, and the, the need for our competition to be, to be agile and adapt around, that's really important. And playing a shorter, sharper season, um, you know, with, with the less is more mindset, I think is, is certainly going to put us in good shape. We'll wait and see how that, that plays out this year. That said, there's still lots of opportunity for, for fans to, uh, to come to the game and, uh, and be part of the action. But, um, you know, leaving people wanting more at the end of the season, I think, is a, is a good way to go. Back page of the Herald Sun today, uh, you know, Nathan Lyon not playing uh, for the Renegades, Scott Boland not playing uh, tonight as well, uh, off the back of, you know, the test starting next week. You know, the article says that surely four, four overs isn't going to hurt these guys too much. Is there some disappointment there that those two players have been withdrawn from, from the opening matches? Oh, it's always been the nature of the BBL is to play in and around the international summer. It's one of it, do, it does sometimes impact player availability, but it's also one of the great strengths of our competition that you can sit there and watch a, a test match during the day into a big big bash game, um, you know, at the night time. And, and that always comes with offset, you know, some compromise around around players. I think we work really closely with 
with our high performance part of the business on on making sure and, and assessing player availability and they do a pretty pretty good job of, of making players available when they can I think you know, every every player's a bit different you've got players like like Nathan who you know a bit older in their career and perhaps need need to look after themselves and then and then the quick bowlers obviously come with um, you know other limits and other restrictions we've got five test matches to go in this summer so there's a long summer ahead and then and then the team actually then heads off overseas for some test matches so it's a pretty grueling sport, five days and you know, in a test match and to have five of them coming coming pretty quickly, you know, over the next sort of two months is um you know, it's a it's a fine balancing act. Speaking to the general manager of the WBBL and BBL, Alistair Dobson, do you agree? I'm assuming you will, with Ben Horn that uh, the BBL can be the star of the summer this year. We're hoping for, you know, a good test series against Pakistan and the West Indies, but uh, it's not that that high profile matchup that an England or an India or even a South Africa brings. Do you feel like the competition can be the the main talking point of this summer? Oh, we we definitely feel that. I think coming off, you know, an amazing, not only amazing season last year, but the final in Perth in front of you know, a packed Optus Stadium and a and a last over finish, and that was the that was the momentum we were really needed going into this season, and it does feel like it's still there in terms of you know the the bit of buzz around the comp, and obviously winning the World Cup is part of that. So. Yeah, we'd love to think we can we can play a lead role in the summer as as the Big Bash generally does, but perhaps this year more than others. Who are you most excited about about seeing in the competition? Obviously, uh, Quentin de Kock. That was a, a great World Cup. There's some moment, momentum behind his performances. Must have been a a bit of disappointment though with the like you know Rashid Khan's been an absolute star of this competition. Harry Brook was another big name signing that are not here, but that's always going to happen. Who who are you really looking forward to seeing in the competition this year? Yeah, I think you've you've mentioned a couple. We've talked about Glenn Maxwell. I think you'd be you'd be hard pressed to to not think people are going to be traveling following him around the country. And Quinton de Kock had a pretty amazing World Cup, and I know the Renegades, you know, considered him really hard in the draft and and took him. And he's really excited to come and and play in the in the BBL. I think the the actual reality is the player I'm looking forward to seeing is not a player anyone's heard of yet because and we don't know who they are because it's the heroes that come from nowhere in the BBL. And I think it's a big part of of, of the of the magic of our comp is that by the end of the season, we'll be talking about a player that neither you or I have probably heard of right now. And I think, um, you know, we saw in the final yeah. last year in Perth, the, the winning runs actually hit by a couple of players that probably only Perth local cricket fans might've, might've heard of. And now they're household names. So, you know, sitting here at the, at the end of the season, I reckon we're talking about someone that neither of us know about right now. Now the Renegades, of course, they'll, they'll play their home games at Marvel stadium. Again, there was a bit of drama with the roof last year. Can you just explain how that rule has changed if the ball hits the roof in a game at Marvel Stadium this season? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. It's 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 a very unlikely one. We haven't had it at all in the Big Bash, and then it happened twice in one game last year. So <laughs> that, that that probably tells a tale of the season we had. But um, yeah, I mean, I'll, there's different ways you can adjudicate when the ball hits the roof. But ultimately, this year it's it's been changed to to actually be the umpire's call. There's a bit of discretion there, and. You know that those of you that that the your listeners that know Marvel, basically there's two places you can hit the roof. One would be straight up, which would be naturally pretty obvious to be a dead ball, or you can hit one of those beams that that sort of come out over the you know the wing for an AFL setup. And I think if you hit one of those, you're probably pretty clearly going for six. So I think ultimately the umpires will, will adjudicate based on where it hits on the roof and um, be able to make a call there. But yeah, there was some there's, there was um, a few different options, and we debated it for a while, but that that seemed like the most fair and the most obvious. So it shouldn't be – so it's basically umpire's call, but as you say, there's only really two places you can hit it. So it, if it does happen, and as you say, it doesn't happen that often, it, it should be a, a pretty clear-cut call for the umpire to make? 
yeah, famous last words, but um, <laughs> but but I think uh, it should be, and, and the umpires are pretty comfortable with being able to to to, to assess that on the spot. Thrilling final in the WBBL uh, last week, swings and roundabouts. Uh, the strikers got there in the end. When you, I don't know if you sit down and, and assess the WBBL in entirety yet, but uh, when you do, what did you make of the of the last season? Yeah, we've we've had an initial kind of review. Obviously, we we swing pretty quickly into the men's comp, but um, you know the, the WBBL is the best cricket league in the world for women, if not full stop. It's got every you know the best players from every country coming to play, and and I think the season played out that way. Really competitive, uh, really competitive season, and and to to get down to a, a last over finish at the Adelaide Oval in front of a big crowd, I think you know pretty much captures the the W the essence of the WBBL. Um, we love that. We, you know we're really proud of that competition. We the, the players are amazing and. It's continuing to grow, so we'll, we'll, we certainly initially view it as a really successful season. Things we keep wanting to, to improve and change and um, and adapt, but um, yeah, that's really healthy. So final four this season, as opposed to a final five in previous years. What was what was the main thinking behind reducing the finals to four teams? Yeah, I think ultimately when when you reduce the, when you have a, a mandate or a, an objective of reducing the, the length of the season. Uh, it makes sense that the final should follow suit. A four a four team final series in an eight team competition is probably right. We had a couple of years of five teams in it, which which worked at the time. But you know, I think coming back to a four game uh, series at the end of a, of the competition is about right. Um, pretty straightforward decision in the end. So if we touch base at the end of the season, which I'm sure we will, Alistair, and it's I say, what's made this a successful BBL season? What what are some of the measurements you look for? Yeah, I think that'd be the obvious ones around crowds and, and TV audiences, and we, you know, early signs are really are really strong on both on both of those. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the, the on field um, close games and 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 uh, and heroes being made. I think we, as I said earlier, we, um, you know, the, the big talking point out of the big bash is often the player that, that no one's heard of. And I think, you know, when we sit down at the end of the year and assess which players had an impact, um, you know, that, that'll be really interesting. Got a few coming through off our 40 Wings temper here, Alistair, about the roof. Now, did did you ever consider, did someone in there consider, hits the roof, catch one hand, you're out? Did it ever come into the thinking? Oh, we, 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 went, we went pretty wild, wild and wide. And, yeah, that would have been one of them. You know, um, one, one hand, one bounce off the roof is probably very big bash in its, uh, in its, in its nature. So, um, yeah, we, we definitely talked about all those options. And, um, you know, in, in the end, you come back to something that's pretty – pretty straightforward from a cricket perspective. So Scorchers, uh, defending champions, we still haven't had a win in the competition for the Stars or the Hurricanes. Uh, what's your prediction this year? Come finals time, who do you think will be playing off for the title? Oh, it'll be hard to go past the Scorchers again. They're going for three in a row and, and they've just got you know, a, you know, a, a once in a generation ch- uh, talent pool, I think, over there. The amazing depth and, and the way that, that team comes together. So they'll be thereabouts. And, and, I, and I, I do think the two Melbourne teams are pretty well placed with with some, you know, some some local stars that are playing and some and some pretty good recruitment, you know, from around the world. So, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a Melbourne team in the mix alongside Perth. But one of the great things about the the BBL is with eight teams and talent spread pretty evenly and, and a bit of movement year on year. Um, it, literally anyone can win it. Um, it's not like necessarily having to build over multiple years for a team, like perhaps in a footy code where. You have a you have a longer lead in to build a winning team. You can you can go from bottom to top overnight in the BBL. So sitting here right now, it's pretty hard to pick. Uh, we can't wait for it to get underway. You can hear every game here live on SEN. It all gets underway tonight. The Brisbane Heat hosting the Melbourne Stars. Uh, what sort of weather are we looking up in uh, Brisbane, 
for tonight's yeah. game. Yeah, pretty nice. It's it's very Brisbane weather, so it'll be sunny and, and pretty warm and um, exactly the way we want to kick it off. Beautiful. Alistair, let's hope it starts with a bang tonight and uh, we look forward to the BBL from tonight and uh, throughout the summer. Thanks again for your time. Anytime.